welcome once again to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. Today we're going to be talking, kind of keeping along the theme of relationships, but today we're going to actually be talking about the parent-child relationship and not parenting. Our next episode is actually going to start in on the parenting aspect of it. But today it's more just about that relationship we have with our parents and for some, it's very, very valuable. For others, it can be very stressful. I mean, it runs a gamut in there, you know, of the different kinds of relationships that parent and children have with each other. But today we're going to talk a little bit about just from our first person experience with our parents and what that was like and what are some of the takeaways from those relationships and what are some of the things we do to, you know, when we become adults to help maintain those relationships with our parents and things like that. That's kind of where we're going. And once again, this is something that Christine are really vastly different on. I come from a large family, so I have five brothers and five sisters. And I only have two siblings. I have a brother that's much older than me, and I have one that's much younger than me. And then I have a sister who I claim, who's just, she spent a lot of time with our family growing up. So um, even though she's not biological, I count her as my sister. Yeah. And, you know, there are those things too, because we have blended families. Sometimes a blended family is not what we call the, it's not like people get divorced and then they get remarried. Sometimes we incorporate kids into the family system who just maybe just like hanging out with you or for whatever reason, maybe, you know, parents go somewhere or their work schedule. So family can look very different for different people. And once again, we'll talk more about that when we get into the parenting part of the podcast. But for me, I'm third to the youngest. The oldest in my family is 17 years older than me. So we have a large age difference between us, which is similar to you and your brothers, correct? Yes. What is your guys's? I don't know how many years apart we are. My, my older brother's I'm not even sure. I want to say like close 60s something. But much older. So more like in the 20 year range for you guys. Whereas your younger brother. My younger brother is only 26, I believe. So about 11 or 12 years. Yeah. So it's a little. So, you know, and then the thing is, is that because of those age differences for you, you were really raised as an only child, though. Yeah. So I grew up in the home with no other. Other than Rebecca. Other than Rebecca being there quite a bit. And she's like eight years younger than me. Yeah. So Christy gets to be the big sister to her. So that means for Rebecca, that means that maybe Christy has more wisdom. I don't know. (laughs) You should recognize. (laughs) But yeah, I think when we look at those family dynamics, what does that look like? Once again, I grew up in a very, very small community, uh, kind of farm. You know, we had animals too. So growing up early... In that kind of environment, my parents taught us, I think all of the siblings, we have a really good worth ethic because that was something they instilled in us. It wasn't something they said to us, but it was really something that they role modeled to us was that worth ethic and getting out there and completing your task and doing all that, which I'm extremely grateful for because I think it really has helped for us to have a successful business because of that worth ethic and you have a worth ethic too. So that kind of meshed really well. I appreciate that my parents taught me that. And my mom was a stay at home mom when I was younger. So she was always with me. So that was nice. But my dad worked 
all the time. I mean, and he, even when he wasn't at a job, he was working. He was always doing something. Yeah, I remember that about your job because uh, they, uh, Christy's mom and dad were uh, the landlords where I lived. And you would see her dad out in the early morning picking up trash, making sure the neighborhood was clean. So really strong worth ethic. But I think also kind of giving that back to the community. Yeah, that was important for him. Another thing that I really loved that I think was really important is our thing of sharing. And, you know, when you have that many kids, you better learn to share because there's no such thing as this is mine. If you had a toy, it became everybody's toy. With my younger sister, all of our dolls became hers and she cut all of their hair without permission, mind you. But you, what we learned to share, we, there was nothing that we, as my parents would say, you can't be kuska, meaning you can't be stingy. You have to share. And we would do that. And so that's something that I think is something that's still important to me is I am one that I will share what I have. I don't even think twice about it. And I think, and I don't know about you because being an only child, it's a little bit different. What's that like for you? I didn't have to share as much. So, you know, but thankfully, like when I was younger, my mom babysat uh, my cousins quite a bit. So there were other kids around. So I did have to learn that a little bit, but I think it was a harder lesson for me to learn because primarily I was by myself. I like that you admitted that. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, it's interesting because we've been together so long, but at first it was a little different for you, even with me, not to a big extent, but if there were certain things, it was like, no, this is mine. (laughs) And now we really do share about everything. I'm not sure if there's anything in particular that you hold so near and dear that, well, okay, maybe a few things, but we won't talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think so. So that thing of sharing, you know, and, and in my family, even as large as it is, we communicated, we talked, my parents talked with us, we talked about a lot of things, we watched TV programs together, and we would talk about them. And it's something that I still love doing. And that's something that we share. We were talking one day is, Oh my God, how can people go watch a movie and then not talk about the movie? Yeah, we like to break everything down and, and really discuss it. The Everything from the cinematography and the storyline and the writing and how did they come up with all this. So we really analyze the movies that we watch. Not every single one of them, but you know the, the ones, ones that, that are important really us. resonate with us. And I think that's something that I don't think we often realize what those things are that we carry over into our lives that we learned from our parents because our parents really are the, they're the foundation, whether we want to admit it or not, good, bad, or ugly, they're the foundation. And what is that? Because that's our first relationship in a way. What we walk away with from that relationship is really important because, and once again, not everybody has wonderful relationships with their parents. And I get that. And everybody has their own story. And it's not about people going and saying, oh my gosh, now I have to go. No, everybody, it's an investment. Relationships are investment. And you know, this is something that Kathy Grenla talked about last week, and she just keep emphasizing relationships are commitment and investment. And it's on both sides. That relationship is on both sides. And I think oftentimes in family systems, even though you grow up in the same environment and all that, it doesn't mean that each child's going to have the same relationship with the parent because it's partly the parent and it's partly the child. 
my relationship with my parents was really important to me, but I think all of my siblings had a relationship with my parents. They all just look different. And it's all based on each person's perception. So, you know, that, that relationship is going to look different with, with each child. Mm-hmm. And I think that I always remember being able to, well, my family always had somebody to talk to. So, you know, it wasn't anything like that. But I do remember that at really crucial times in my life, I have specific memories, you know, growing up of where I remember that relationship with my parents and those significant moments that I really felt like, okay, this really matters. And just that nurturing relationship that they had. And and once again, nurturing even looks different with everybody. It doesn't look the same across the board because, you know, somebody may look into Christy's life and say, oh, geez, why are they doing that? That doesn't look, but if it's their life, it's their culture, whatever it is, that may be what it looks like. So nurturing is going to look different in different environments. And remembering not to judge those environments because we don't really know because something may look like, oh my God, why do they talk that way? Well, maybe they talk that way because it's a respectful relationship to them. So it's not about any judgment or anything like that, but you know, just what does the relationship look like to you? And even if it's not a, what we consider a healthy relationship, is there anything that you still walk away with? Sometimes it's like, oh man, I don't want to be like my parents. Well, okay, then you learn something. You want to be different. But then how do you want to be different? Because then it becomes, how do you want your relationship with your children to look like? Christy and I do not have children, but we do have children we engage with and the importance of those relationships. Our goddaughter is really important to us and we need to see her more because that's important to us. We take that seriously. We want to be a part of her life and we appreciate that we were chosen for that my niece, who's my goddaughter, I love that relationship that we have. I love, it's important to me. I have a, a godson too. I don't have as close relationship to him. But if I love the time that we have had in the past, I don't minimize that. Because once again, that's that relationship that's really important. What is that like for you? Because is, is Ellie your first goddaughter? Yes, because that's, that's just not a part of... You know, the culture I grew up in, uh, we just, it's not, I wasn't familiar with godparents. So it's really neat for me to see what that's like and especially to be a part of her life. But I think it's a neat experience and I'm glad I get to be a part of it. Yeah, it was really an honor for us and those relationships that are important to us. And, you know, once again, the relationships we have with others sometimes start and reflect that the relationship we have with our parents sometimes. What does that look like? My parents were, they were nurturing. You know, my parents were older. They were married for 67 years. So I came from what we call an intact family. I, they weren't divorced, so I don't know firsthand any of that because I didn't experience that. You know what I mean? Your parents were... Yeah, my parents were together, I believe it was 34 years before my dad passed. And my dad, uh, I was quite a bit older than my mom, 24 years difference. So, but thankfully, you know, my family was intact all of that time. I never experienced any kind of thing like divorce or that. And I appreciate that. And that's really interesting because for us to be together and have two parents who didn't divorce is kind of 
it's a little bit of an oddity. Especially <laughs> you know? nowadays, yeah. Yeah, so that's something that we have that commonality. But it also talks about the strength of relationships. And is there adversity in every relationship? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's what do you do with the adversity? And I think that's the other thing that I, I, I learned from my parents is even through adversity, whatever that is, that what how do you come out in the end of that adversity? And I think that they learned to navigate it together. And I think that with my parents, they had a very strong relationship. They had a very strong connection. As my mom and dad would tell us a story of when my dad was, when they were young, my dad wrote my mom a little love letter when they were like, when he was like in second grade, but he had his cousin write it because he had better penmanship <laughs> but from second grade. And then my dad, mom, funny they grow up, they get married, and now 11 children later, <laughs> you know. So, but once again, I think that learning from them that there are going to be hardships. And what do you do? Do you bail or do you try to learn to navigate them? You know, I think those are the important things. And I think that's something we've learned because, I mean, like every other relationship, we've had our adversity within our relationship. But I think that we, for me anyway, it was that thing of if something is valuable to you, you don't just discard it. You you figure out how do you navigate it? How do you work at it? How do you keep it? Yeah. Is it worth keeping? You can't continue to work on it. And I think it's a work all. I think we become complacent or stagnant in our relationships when we don't realize that it's always in motion. There's a fluidity to relationships and, and being able to go with the fluidity and embrace the changes and all those other things that are so important it does have to come from both sides and it's not, and that is in any relationship, parent and child relationships or, you know, whatever it is, it has to come from both sides. It has to be important to both. And I think that's the other thing. And even when we look at that, you know, I think of, and, and my mom and dad were different in some ways because my dad was very outgoing. Oh my goodness. We used to hate going to the store with him sometimes. The, well, the part we didn't like was, he knew everybody. So something that should have been like a five or 10 minute thing could turn into an hour thing because everybody's going to come talk to him, do all of their stuff with him. Whereas my mom was more quiet and reserved. She was the thinker. She was the, I don't know, how would you say that? More just, there was just more of a a quietness to her person altogether. Would you agree? Yeah. She had a softer approach. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so that was, and I think maybe that's what helped them to mesh, but they were both, they weren't afraid to talk about things. They weren't afraid to talk about their convictions. And I think that is the other thing that they taught me. You know, once again, with 11 of us, you know, we all are going to have a different variation, but I think that to talk about your convictions, because I don't think I have one sibling who will not talk about their convictions and some more strong than others. Would you agree? <laughs> but none of your family has any problem with speaking up. So, No. And I think that's one of the other things. I think that they really encouraged us to be leaders without... It's not like they sat there and had this conversation with us that, you know, this is how we do leadership. No, but we are all have leadership abilities. They, I think they did really well at teaching you all to have a voice. And that's really what it comes down to. And I feel like that that's what's made you guys, you know, stronger people to be able to voice what you are thinking. 
Christy had learned that coming into the family. Definitely, because I don't feel like growing up, I really had that. And I don't speak out. So, and it's just not the way I was raised, really. I just, I grew up pretty quiet and shy and timid. But I think my family really kind of encouraged that several of my siblings would really talk with you. And now you're really feisty with a few of them. (laughs) (laughs) I had to learn real quick. And now they're thinking, darn, she talks. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's what it is. I think that that for me was something, and you're right, is giving us a place to have that voice. And even with whether it was education or whatever, it wasn't like they, they never discouraged it, you know, and somehow we knew that that was an important thing too. So we all are educated to some degree, you know, and I think we're all really fairly successful, which I think is a testament to those relationships that we had with that, with our parents. And I don't think any of my siblings would say, no, that's not true, you know, because I think that they feel that. And I know with all of my heart that all of my siblings loved my parents and, and that my parents loved us. And that love that we felt, I think, was really the important piece of that. Definitely, because I think that's what you have to remember is, you know, I think for the most part, parents do the best that they can with the knowledge that they have. And if you can feel that love, I think that that, that within itself it's going to play out over your life. Even if you don't have maybe all of the pieces in place that could have made you the most successful person or whatever from that experience, knowing that you were loved has such a big impact to the person that you are. I agree. And I think that sometimes we, you know, maybe you don't have the most money or the best clothes or all of those things, but I think you're right when you feel that sense of love and belonging. And I think that is the other really big thing for me is I always felt like I belonged. I always felt like, you know, I don't think, and I think that is such a huge component from a parent is, you know, you can feel it, you know it. And when I talk to some of my clients, you know, and if they're, they come to me and say, you know, I just don't feel like my parents feel like I belong or whatever. I don't sit there and say, oh my God, yes, you no. Because it's a feeling. They feel it. And even if somebody's trying to mask it, I think you will feel that. So once again, my my story is so different than yours. So what about you, Christy, you know, growing up? And so you also had a church family, right? Because it was a little bit different. Uh, yeah, because my family is very steeped in religion. And so I grew up attending a Pentecostal church. And we were at church sometimes five nights a week. So those people that attended for all those years, I went to church from the time I was born up to the age of 18. Those people became like extended family in a lot of ways, you know, having them over for holidays and things like that. So like for your parents, having people over and stuff like that in extension, because you're not that way. So do you feel like for you, maybe 18 years of that was... An, kind of an overload because we don't have a lot of people over. And even if we're going to have people over, it's one of those things that's really something that we talk about and stuff like that because our home is very private to us. It's our sanctuary. So do you feel like that worked the opposite of you or what do you think? No, because I, I mean, at the time, you know, I didn't know anything else. I think that that came later being more private and just not engaging 
the same way with so many different people because I left the church and just all of that behind when we moved to Colorado. Things changed after that. There weren't as many people around. So I think that's when I became more, like I say, private. We didn't have a lot of people over then at that time. So a lot of things changed after I I turned 18 and we moved out here. Okay. So because you said, you know, coming from a a strong Pentecostal background and I'm from a Latin background, you know, even when I came out to my parents, I don't even know what my apprehension was, (laughs) to tell you the truth. But I remember uh, the the woman I was dating was coming at the same time my parents were. And so they're like, oh, my God, I got to explain this. So I called them and I talked with my mom and I told her and she goes, "Uh uh-huh. And I says, Mom, will you tell Dad? She goes, oh, no, Hita. She goes, you tell your dad. So um, they're like, oh. And once again, I, I'm based on my relationship with my parents, I don't know why I had that. And maybe it was because I had heard of all those other stories of people who came out. And I thought, I don't know what I thought. But I remember telling him, and he goes, uh-huh. And he and he and this was his question. He goes, well, he's, first he says, well, yeah, your mom and I already knew that. And I was there like, oh, well, you guys could have shared that with me. <laughs> And then he says, is she a nice person? And I said, yes, she is. And he goes, well, we'll be there. He goes, we'll be the judge of that. And they ended up liking her. And, you know, one of the things that I, one of those other things in that relationship was, is, you know, being honest. And my parents have always been really amazing about that. They've never, you know, they didn't discard or treat anybody differently or anything like that. The first one I was with, I was with for 10 years. And then I got with Christy and my parents really embraced Christy and once again just really looked at her like their daughter-in-law and there was no other verbiage for it for them. And I think that showed in that relationship. It definitely did. And I do view it as a blessing. There were times where I learned things that I didn't plan on learning because you guys grew up on the farm. And so... When I was growing up, I grew up in a city and I didn't do anything outside. My dad did all the yard work and that kind of thing. So I I wasn't a worker outside like that. And so coming out here and becoming a part of your family, I learned a lot of different things like that. So talk about work ethic. I definitely got to see that. But I appreciate how welcoming your your parents were with me and just that relationship that they built with me and you're right they never made me feel like an outsider well i think once again that relationship happened because you did a contribution as well yeah you know and i think that's one of those things we learn what is our contribution to those relationships but now you're coming out was a little bit different yeah my parents had moved from colorado to alabama where my mother grew up so I ended up talking to them over the phone about it. My mom just was bursting into tears. I think she knew, but didn't want to know. And so when I told her, she just handed the phone to my dad and she was just a mess. So, but my dad, and he didn't, my dad didn't know what I had said. And uh, so I said, please just go and talk to her. And I kind of copped out on that and didn't really tell him what I said. And I said, just go and talk to her. He goes, you're upsetting her so much. And I said, I don't mean to. That wasn't my intent. So he went and talked to her and apparently she must have told him. (laughs) But he was never 
real vocal with me about that at all. He did let me know that he didn't feel like it fit in with scripture and the way that he believed, but um, he was never mean to me about it or anything like that. He was much more quiet about it. Yeah. And he set his boundaries. Yeah. And it became our job to respect the boundaries. But he still, you know, it wasn't like he didn't want us around or that. They did have certain guidelines, like the first time that we went to visit them. We well, I think that's a little ahead because then you still had to do stuff in the interim to help with that relationship. Yeah. After I told them for that year, after I told them, I hardly had any, I didn't talk to them as much. I, there wasn't as much communication. I was maybe talking to them once a week if that at times. The relationship definitely went through some difficulty, but over time, it ha- you know it got better. And night and day, where we're at now, from what it was when I first told them, I'm grateful that it, it did morph and change because I feel like it was a positive. Well, and I agree. And you know, you know, we talked about the fact that you know we would go back to Alabama and visit them, and we would have good times and stuff like that. And then we got to take the Disney vacation with them. So it was, but it was part. I think a huge part was that you had an investment in the relationship with your parents, and at some point, they showed that they had an investment in you. Yeah, you know, because then it became more talking and stuff like that and but there was a lot of hurt at first and so it was a lot there it took time to work through that and it did and I think that you know one of the things is when we when we did get married I know there was a part of you that really wished that your family could participate in that my family was there and you know to have your dad walk you down the aisle and I think things like that but that didn't go over real well either no that didn't happen we ended up having our ceremony out here in Colorado but the relationship was what it was at that time. I, I didn't even talk to my parents about coming for it. So, well, I think maybe you know. I think once again, that's maybe that respecting where they were at, and not you because you never had any intention to be harmful to them. No, you know there was never any of that intent. As we fast forward through that relationship, you know, once again it got stronger. We would go visit often, and then pretty soon the first visit we couldn't stay with them. Yeah, that's. <laughs> What I was going to say is when when we went back to visit the first time, that was one of their boundaries that they just wouldn't allow us to stay at their house. So we stayed at a hotel. I think that taught them something through that experience too, was that, you know, I, that's quite a, from here, that's like a 21 hour drive to get there. And we stayed that week and we stayed at a hotel. So I didn't get as much time with them as I think they would have liked. So you know, the next time we went, we did get to stay with them. And I think it was, you know, because they realized that I'm not staying there, I didn't get as much time to visit. So just things like that. And it changed over time, for sure. And it got better and better. So every time that we went, we would stay with them. And well, and I think that once again, it shows that commitment. It showed them that you were committed to the relationship. In parent-child relationships, it's not just the parent, it's the child too. What is our investment? How valuable is that relationship to us? And what are we willing to do? And after that, we would drive out. We would see them yearly. Yeah. Which, you know, was great. Do some different stuff. And then, like I said, really being able to get that 
Disney trip in before you lost your dad was, I think, really important. And then after that, you really understanding also that the loss of your dad to your mom was really difficult. It was. And I was really grateful for the Disney trip, too, because it was like, you know, that my dad was already pretty sick at that time, passed away from pancreatic cancer. And so it was a fast moving thing. But he really enjoyed that trip. And I am so grateful that we got to spend that time. And I think that later in life, I think so close to an end like that, that there's some different clarity that comes through for people. And there was even more of a softening, I felt like, with my dad at that time. Like I said, he hadn't been mistreating us or anything like that prior to that. But it just, there was a different feel and the relationship felt closer. So I was really grateful for that. But then, yeah, when he passed, my mom, like I say, he was 24 years older than her. So she's still quite young and, but she's had a lot of physical problems and being by herself has been really hard on her. And so I had to be really empathetic to that. Well, and I think we made it because that was important to you. We made a point of going and seeing her more often. Then she moved to Colorado for a while and lived with us for some time of that. And and while she was here, then lived on her own here. And, you know, now she's back in Alabama. But I think that once again, having that investment in that relationship and, and even for your mom, realizing that our lifestyle is very different than what she grew up believing, but that she did make that transition and, and that for her saying my relationship with you is more important or not as more important, but it is important enough that I'm going to have the relationship with you regardless of what the church or believes or, or even what she believes about it, because she still, you know, doesn't coincide with what she believes. But putting that aside, you know, she always says that I have to realize that you have to, what she always tells me is you always, you have to work out your own salvation. So, (laughs) you know, that she's put it in that place and, and that's where that she can allow herself to still have the relationship with me. And she has come such a, you know, and I I did want to say she's come such a long way on that, you know, because your brother is also gay. Your younger brother is also gay and they live together and they make it work. And, and so once again, I think that that realizing that relationship and there's that internal struggle with belief and relationship, but I think she kind of learned to navigate that enough. And realizing she still, you know, she values both, but she has to put them in their place. Yeah. And I think though, and, you know, I think those are, those can be really difficult decisions to make, but I think in that relationship that we have and particularly you have with your mom and even with your dad was that you stuck in with it. You didn't shut the door because they didn't agree. And this is what I tell when I talking to the LBGTQ plus community, when you come out to your parent, you've known this for a lot longer than them. And you tell them and they have that initial reaction and maybe it's not a positive one, but it's holding space for them to understand that they have to adapt to something different, giving them, holding space for them. Now, if they choose not to adapt, then that's another story. But if you close the door instantly, like they were just supposed to accept this and be okay with me regardless, 
that is not fair to that relationship because hold space. Then if at you hold that little bit of space and then they don't come around, then that's on them. So if the relationship is then strained from there, it's not that you didn't do your spot, your part of holding space while they do that. And I think that's the important thing. I think you held space for them. Yeah. And I agree with you. Your dad and I did not. We talked, but it wasn't like that. We'd sit down and have coffee and talk or like you did with my parents. So it was a little bit different. But I will say, like you said, towards the end, there there became a different softness about him. And I had more conversation with your dad in that time period. And I really appreciate and cherish that time because it showed that investment to that investment that he had in you as his daughter, that it was important for you to be taken care of and it was important for you to be okay. When we talk about relationships and parent-child relationships is people can change. And I often hear, well, you know, if somebody's already set in their ways, they're not going to change. If I believe that I couldn't be a therapist, I truly believe that people have the ability to change, that people have the ability to, if something is important to them, like a relationship, that we can work through some stuff. And some stuff we can't because, once again, if the investment is not there and the commitment to it, it doesn't matter what you do. So bottom line, if the investment and commitment is not there to that parent-child relationship, it doesn't matter what you do. There has to be an investment and commitment on both people. And I think we're fortunate because we have parents like that, you know, and I know there are many people out there that do not have that same kind of relationship with parents. Exactly. And that's why on our last episode, when you don't have those, it's how do you create those? Because relationships are important to us. We can have all the money in the world. We can have all this good health, all of these things, but it doesn't feel as good as when you get to share it with somebody who matters. And that's all relationships are. It's being having those moments with people that matter. It's being able to express and be who we are and, and be comfortable and, and know that that other person is there with the intention to be there. And you're right. And we're not saying every parent-child relationship is going to be good. And I'm not even saying you have to. All I'm saying is that parent-child relationships are commitment. We're talking about ours. And by no means is this to say that anybody listening, it's about you going and fixing. If you want to, great. If you don't, that's okay too. We're just saying that in a parent-child relationship, it's an investment by both people involved. I'm grateful for the investment of my parents in me and my investment in my relationship with them. And I miss them. I miss that investment. I miss those conversations. I miss... I feel I learned a lot from them. And once again, I'm not sitting here and sugarcoating anything. Once again, we had adversity and things like that. But the adversity that we had for me was not as great or did not have greater value than the times that were good and the times that were about the relationship itself. I don't maximize the negative and minimize the positive. I think there's a balance within that. And sometimes we have those things where somebody says something mean or, I mean, you could have done that with your parents, with your mom, when you came out and stuff like that and said, well, fine, 
you could have maximized that. Yes, I could have closed the door on that relationship, but I'm grateful that I didn't, that I hung in there. And I can understand, you know, in a lot of relationships with uh, other people and their parents, when something like that happens, just wanting to run away from that negativity. And you do have to take care of yourself and, and having boundaries is important. But like you said about holding space, giving that person some time to adjust, because I know for me, it doesn't matter what changes are. I have to, I go through a period of adjustment with that. It's not easy for me to adapt. I know that about myself. And um, so you have to remember that, I think, when you talk to people and you give them this new information, they have to have, have to have that time to adjust. And I think that's what it is. And it's just, once again, that thing of holding space for people until they can muddle through it themselves. And if they come back at the end of the day and say, you know, I'm just not okay with this and I can't, whatever, then you respect that and then you can walk away. Then it's like, okay, well, that is your choice. But I think, once again, it's how do you make those relationships how do you invest in them? How do we make something be more healthy? And and it is through our boundaries because we're not going to be okay with certain things. And if we have a boundary around it and they're able to accept that boundary, that's important. I think it was cute when you told your mom about boundaries and your mom doesn't like boundaries and she just told you. Yeah, she out and out says, well, yeah, I don't like boundaries. So that's been a struggle for her. Yeah. But she's still there. You're still talking to her nightly. And we'll go see her soon. And so I think those are the things that are important. You know, once again, sometimes we step outside of our comfort zone and that's okay too. Your family system, like I said, is a little bit different than mine and vice versa. And even as big as my family is, we're very private. And so that's something that's important to us. So it's something I've learned and I'm okay with that. Sometimes your mom doesn't understand that, but that's because she comes from a very different culture too, where it's not the same. Well, she comes from the South and they share all the time. <laughs> you know, it's a small town kind of mentality that she comes from too. And so everybody knows everybody and knows what's going on. Exactly. And I think those are some of the things that just, you just learn to accept and but also set the boundaries around it. And it's okay if they struggle a little bit at first because a boundary doesn't feel comfortable for people and being able to set that up. My mom was more of the boundary person. Every once in a while, my dad would do something and we would have a conversation, you know, stuff like that. And I was thinking the other day because I have a couple of tattoos, but I got my first tattoo and my dad and I were sitting talking and he saw my tattoo and he tells me, Oh, I told him, I said, well, dad, do you like it? Because he's looking at it. He goes, Hita, if God wanted you to have a tattoo, you would have been born with one. And I sat there another time. I said, dad, if God wanted me to be born with clothes, he would have had me be born with clothes. But I think people appreciate the fact that I wear clothes. So he kind of looked at me and cracked up laughing. He goes, okay. <laughs> he goes, okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> so we could have that kind of banter back and forth. And, and we both made a point. Basically, he was saying, you know, I don't like the tattoos. After that, my dad doesn't didn't care about tattoos because then I got a couple of more. Since they've passed, I've gotten a sleeve on one side. And then I have a... It's funny, I always said, and I would always tell Christy, I am never going to have somebody's name put on me. That was my big thing. 
But because of the relationship I had with my parents and because it was so important, I do have a memorial tattoo tattoo to my parents, which I just absolutely love, and their names are on it. And so that's just kind of the cool thing. And I think the universe is kind of interesting because the numbers for my dad and my dad's us for 94-7, but then the year they got married, the tattoo, and then my, I'm given a random number. Yeah, it's a like a provider number because you're a therapist. Yeah, and... They're, and that's assigned to you. You don't. Yeah, I don't get a picket. It's just you know they just ran. It's the same number, all three when they got married. His last four and my NPI number. So I'm there thinking. So to me, I just thought that was really a, another cool thing that helped with that connectedness with my family and with my parents. And once again, I appreciate it. And when not everything was sunshine and roses and stuff like that, but. The point is, is if I focus on the stuff that wasn't sunshine and roses, then I for, we tend to forget about the things that were really relevant and important in those relationships. And so I think we do an investment in relationships. And people who invest in a relationship for a year, five years, 20 years, 30 years, you know, whether it's with parents, whatever, and we something happens, we have a pivotal moment, and that pivotal moment becomes the defining moment. And that's why I say sometimes our parents aren't going to agree with us. And sometimes we're not going to agree with them. But do we make that a pivotal moment? Or do we sit back and look at the investment in the relationship and decide, is it worth it? And for everybody, once again, that is an individual choice. I'm not promoting one way or the other. All I am saying is that parent-child relationship is extremely important. Because when I have clients who come in who struggle with not having, I can only go with the mother figure because of being a female, is I'll know that because of how the therapy goes. It's needing that mom figure in their life. And then you, we just become that surrogate for that moment, which is very healthy within that relationship because it's helping them to develop that relationship with other people or with their parent. So for me, that parent-child relationship, the relationship that we have with our parent has value. Even if it was a crappy, crappy relationship, what is it I learned? How do I walk away from that a better person, a stronger person? What is it from that relationship? Because good, bad, or ugly, we still learn from relationships and particularly from our parent relationship. Yeah, you learn even from the negatives that happened. So you have to take that away and realize that you can use that to better yourself or you can use it to, to stay victim to. And I think that's a good way of saying it, to stay victim to something or to be empowered by it. And I think those are the important things that we learn. And sometimes in that relationship with our parent, sometimes that's what it is, to stop being a victim and to be empowered because not all parents are great. Maybe they're doing the best that they can, but that doesn't mean it's a great parent. And believe it or not, sometimes as a parent, no matter what you do, it doesn't mean that the child is, you know, because it goes both ways. It's not just the parent, because sometimes a parent will do everything they can. And then, you know, you get into, you know, is there mental illness and all of these other things and peer interactions, social interactions. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. But in the end, it's always asking yourself, how valuable is the relationship? What does the, the investment look like? And what does the commitment look like? 
And what are the behaviors that show that? Because talk is talk, but what are the behaviors that show that? Because even with your mom and dad, even though they said one thing, you really knew how they felt about you through their behaviors, I think. Well, I knew there was that love. And that's what I say. Where That's what it, the core of it, you know, is that I knew that they loved me, even if they didn't believe the way I did. So coming from that perspective, I could hold that space for them. Exactly. So I kind of talked a little bit why the parent-child relationship was important to me. What about for you? Because I, for me, I knew it was some of those values that were important to me, why that was the parent-child relationship for me. And what was it for you? You know, when did you realize the value of that parent-child relationship? I feel like that's been a lifelong learning process. No, I mean, having a conscious awareness to it. Do you think it was when you came out and you realized that they're important to me, so I'm going to hold that space? Because then you were challenged a little bit more on that. Do you see what I mean? She's looking at me totally confused. I didn't have the conscious awareness of what that parent-child relationship, how important it was to me and until as I aged. And even I continue to realize how important it was and, and that I still keep learning when I think back on those lessons. Like, oh my God, that was really important. Even though at the moment I didn't think it was important. Well, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I think that that's just a lifelong learning process. No, there was no pivotal moment where okay. I just realized that, oh my goodness, you know, this is important to me because at the time there was a lot of hurt that was going on in there. So I felt like there was that part of me that just wanted to walk away and close that door. But I didn't, I did back away in that I did not talk with them as much, but, and the conversations that I would have might be brief and things like that. And it was just to see how they were doing or, you know, things like that. And it was surfacy, but over time, it got better. So like I said, I feel like that's just been a lifelong learning process. I do value all of the things that they did when I was younger to make things good. You know, I always felt like mom always went out of her way to make birthdays, you know, a special thing or things like that, you know, and I do look back at that at that time. And I, I appreciate that so much because I know there are so many people out there that, you know, they didn't have even that kind of relationship. You know, there's parents that completely walk away and things like that. So I am immensely grateful for my parents being present in my life. Well, I, I guess maybe I was not wording that correctly because I was even thinking, even like with my relationship with your dad, I had more pivotal moments of understanding just the depths of, I knew he loved you. That was apparent, but as you're right, as he got closer to the end of his life, that softness, and then that I could feel that more with him, the conversations I would have with him when we were out picking up sticks and, you know, mowing his yard, they had big yard. <laughs> For me, I that to me, and then I was like, I get it. And I was watching you and, and your brother picking up sticks and he was standing there just proud. You know what I mean? Like, almost like, yeah that worth ethic is there or whatever that is. Do you see what I mean? So it's not pivotal, but those moments that you have where you think back and say, that was really important. Yeah, I am truly grateful for those those times, you know, like you say, that moment that you're talking about in particular, like I remember doing that as a child with my dad, picking up sticks in the yard. I had a little wheelbarrow 
that my older brother bought me and dad had his real wheelbarrow. Mine was just the little plastic red one. And I remember rolling it out there with them and picking up sticks with them. And I just thought that was so neat to be able to help dad do that. And it was like it came full circle because I remember close to the end of his life, I remember being at their house and helping him pick up sticks again. Yes. Yeah. And I could feel that between you two is what I meant. Once again, parent-child relationship, this is our stories. Everybody's is different, but it's still about investment. We hope you enjoyed it. And once again, learning a little bit more about us. Next week, we're actually starting on parenting. How do we change things in order to make a relationship healthier? Not that it's unhealthy, because I said healthier, but just giving some parent ideas and stuff like that, because sometimes parenting can be difficult. Children can be trying, and but of course, they're living in a time that it's very difficult as well. So once again, very grateful that you join us and hope you like the podcast. Once again, any feedback on our Facebook is appreciated. And we will talk with you guys the next time around. Bye. Bye.